Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between the two sons. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him anything. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. 
Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fatted calf. And the father said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Self-righteousness is one of the most corrosive toxins there are in the human spirit. Young people who start out their lives desiring to be good, to be holy, even to be perfect in God's sight, begin to take consideration of themselves as good, as holy. Look what I've done with my life. I've been so good. I've been so holy. I've become so perfect. And that terrible, awful, vile toxin of self-righteousness strangles their holiness, strangles their love, strangles their very heart. Self-righteousness is one of the most toxic of toxins in in the spirit of humanity. Not to be outdone, Self-pity, the first cousin of self-righteousness, is also extremely toxic in the human heart. It's marked by the words, poor me, poor me, oh, poor me. I'm so deserving of so much more than I get. Why do people always pick on me? I'm good, I'm noble, I should be great, and yet here I am, poor me, poor me, poor me, put upon on all sides. That self-pity also strangles the human heart's ability to love, and so it too is a vile toxin when it comes to the human spirit. Now, if you were in some sort of a spiritual laboratory, 
And you had one little vial of self-righteousness in one hand, and you had another vial of self-pity in the other, you would know that each one of these in their own right is dangerous, toxic, terrible for the human spirit. But if you pour the two into the same beaker and mix them up and shake them around a little bit, what you have then is far more than just toxic this and toxic that. What you have then is an explosion. An explosion of hatred, an explosion in which love is impossible, an explosion which blows the roof off of nations, the roof off of homes, the roof off of families, can destroy whole communities. Boom! goes the dynamite, as they say in basketball. We have such an explosion in the latter part of today's magnificent parable. The father has to sit there and listen to his son say these awful, explosive, dangerous, damning words. Look, all these years I served you not once did I disobey your orders? Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when that son of yours returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fatted calf. Wow, what a terrible mix of self-righteousness and self-pity. Self-righteousness because this older brother the older son of the father, he's the older son. He's the big shot around here, underneath his father for sure, but, but he's the one who obeys. He's the one who does everything right. He's the one who tends to his father and his father's fields. He's the one who oversees the workers. He's the good guy here. Not like that miserable other son of the father who's gone off and wasted, wasted half half the farm on a life of dissolution. Look how good I am. Toxic self-righteousness. And then you throw in on top of that self-pity. Look how great I am and you haven't done anything for me. I've worked so hard and I get nothing for it. Poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't even have a little goat to, to celebrate with my friends with, to have a party once in a while. I work so hard and I get nothing in return. You don't love me like you love him. Poor me. And what does this little speech do? It strangles that boy's heart. It makes it impossible for him to love his brother, his father, his community, his friends, anybody. It, it blows the roof off the father's heart. He has to sit there and listen to this come from the son he does actually love with all his heart and all his mind and all his soul. And maybe most of all, it blows the roof off of the party, the celebration, the gathering of the family, the gathering of the community comes to a crashing end. This kingdom of God feast becomes rather an experience of hell. All because this boy has indulged both his self-righteousness and his self-pity. The father knows 
that there's only one way to heal this kid. The same way he healed the other one. To wrap his arms around him in unlimited love, without hesitation, with no strings attached, to just love him and love him and love him, just like he did for the other son, the younger son. It was that love which restored that boy. The father speaks to him, whispers him, embraces him, puts the cloak of mercy and love over his shoulders just like he did for the other boy and can only hope and only pray that his love will heal the broken, starved, corroded heart of his older son, too. As Jesus tells this story, we do not know what happens to the older son. We do not know if the love of the father works as it worked in the first round with the younger brother. Jesus doesn't tell us. He leaves it to us and our imaginations to imagine either the son collapsing under the love of the father, beating his breast and saying, I'm so sorry. Yes, I will go into the feast. Yes, I will love my brother. Yes, I will love you. Or imagining alternatively that he crosses his arms and he walks away, leaving the family, the town, the father, broken in smithereens. It is meant to be for us, for all who hear this story, a cautionary tale. It's meant to ask us to look into our own hearts and see if those toxins are there also in us. Is there self-righteousness growing in our own hearts? I'm so good. They're so bad. Maybe most of all, is there self-pity being thrown in on top of that self-righteousness? Poor me. Poor me. I do all the work around here and I don't want any credit. Poor me. I'm the one who is so good and nobody pays attention. Nobody thanks me for all the good things I do. Poor me. I'm the one that's put upon here. I have lots of grievances and lots of resentments to hold in my heart. If those toxins are swirling around in our hearts, then this story is meant to call us back, to call us back to that Father with his robe of mercy placed over our shoulders, saying to us, I love you too, as much as I love anyone. Without hesitation, with no strings attached, I offer you the fullness of my love. May it heal you and strengthen you and bring you into the feast of the kingdom of God.